Are we on? Yes, we're on. If I can invite you to take your seats. Again, let me welcome you if you've come in since the beginning of the meeting. If you've got a Bible, perhaps you'd like to turn to Luke chapter 2. Today we uh, finish, actually, although Nev's going to be speaking tomorrow. Don't forget, we've got a service tomorrow as well, 10 o'clock for an hour. It's 10 o'clock, isn't it? I'm looking at, I'm looking at Nev, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> we've got an hour service tomorrow, so he's going to be speaking tomorrow more on the Christmas theme. And today we continue with that series, Mary Treasured These Things. That's the name of the series coming from Luke chapter 2 verse 9 where it says, Mary treasured up and pondered these things, the story of Christmas. And it's something we, I hope, will do. Treasure and ponder. I was talking to someone just a few minutes ago who was talking about how oftentimes we rush around without any reflection, don't we? We'd have thought that with all modern technology, life would become quieter and easier. Do you think that, I mean, there are things that are easier. I'm glad I don't have to catch the fish I eat. I'm glad I don't have to grow the turkey that hopefully I'm going to be eating tomorrow. There are some things easier. Trust me, I know, imagine having to make the clothes you're wearing and so on. Some of you, that's great. I, I love to make it. But no, I would be naked right now and that would not be good for you. Imagine, you know, life is, but life is fast and it's important that we reflect and ponder important things because we're not made just to do, are we? We're made to be and to know God, have a relationship with him. And it's so easy just to rush and rush and rush. We can get addicted to it. I notice it in myself. And you can get an addiction to action, action, action. Can't you? Do, do, do. And then when you sit still, you feel a little bit like, well, I should be doing more. I should be doing something. Maybe I should phone someone. This Christmas, let's try and make some time just to ponder and reflect And then make it a lifestyle as we go into the new year. Treasure and pondering the things of God every single day because that's what God wants for us. So welcome this Christmas Eve. Welcome. It's great to see you. Well done for making it this morning. And today we're going to be reflecting on some of the greatest gifts that God gives us. Wants us to not only enjoy but to experience. He He wants us to have gifts. Not just are we going to give gifts, but he wants us to enjoy great gifts. What are you hoping for tomorrow? You can't say that out loud in case somebody hasn't bought it for you, right? I'm hoping for a new Ferrari. Helen, I'm hoping for a new Ferrari. I'm not really, I don't really care. You get a Ferrari, you've just got to keep it clean and polished, haven't you? It's just more work, worry about it getting scratched. No, no, I'm not interested in a Ferrari Maybe some other kind of car. (laughs) Let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 13. And let's reflect and ponder. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. you, By the way, as as we pass this, somebody asked me the other day, why is it called, Bethlehem, called the town of David? Why is it called the town of David? David, he didn't, he was born there, yes. Who said that? Well done, well done, Lenny. Well done, let's give Lenny a round of applause. That's it. I'm sure he's really pleased I've done that. Um, He was born there. So the king of, the the great King David, now the greater King Jesus is born. Both born in obscure circumstances as well, right? So anyway. In the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth on those on whom his favour rests. This is a fantastic story. We've reflected on it. We had our carol service Last, was it really last week? Two weeks ago. Oh, goodness, I thought it felt longer than that. Two weeks ago where we reflected on these things through this season, it's good to reflect on this story. But more importantly, we need to experience the truths of this story. Don't we? The, the truths of this story. Now we see the shepherds, by God's grace, these angels have appeared to them. We could say God has appeared to them. And I know it's angels appearing to them, but they are coming on behalf of God. And often you read in the New Old Testament of the angel of the Lord, you often hear about angels representing God, like his ambassadors, coming on behalf of God, the glory of God in these angels. They're coming. They're meeting and just think about it, right? They're out on the, these dark, and, and it, let's not let the metaphor, I suppose, get lost on us. This is a dark hillside. This represents outside. This represents a dark place. This represents separate from the city, outside. It reminds us of the words of Jeremiah who spoke to the people of Israel on the darkening hills, he talks to them. Come back to me, but you would not listen. On the darkening hills. And this is like it speaks to us. On the dark hills, I speak to you. Come back to me. And it's by God's grace. They're not As far as we know, worshipping or crying out, they're not fasting and praying and seeking God in any way. We just see these ordinary shepherds on the darkening hills, separate and outside, being visited by the grace of God. And this is you and me, if we have ears to hear. He comes to you in your darkening hills. He comes to you in the dark place and separation of our sin. He says, come back to me through Christ. Come back. I'm sending the Savior for you. Come back to me if you have ears 
to hear as these shepherds do. And we read, as you will read in my blog tomorrow, if you choose to read it, you will read about how they go to Bethlehem. And I won't, I won't, won't say any more about that because you can, you can read or listen to that tomorrow if you want to. So these shepherds were visited by grace. Let's look at some of the gifts that they are promised and that we are all promised and that we need to be experiencing or can be experiencing in our lives. Firstly, less fear. Not fearlessness. We can never completely get rid of fear. Fear is, in one sense, a gift. Stops us stepping off the cliff. Stops us from making silly mistakes. Fear is a good thing. We're meant to fear God, and I'm not going to go into great detail about this, but we can have less wrong fear in our lives. The shepherds are told, do not be afraid. Now, we know this is about that moment, right? This is a moment of glory juxtaposed with darkness. Suddenly, surprise, angels in the dark place. You know, they are scared to death, shocked. Of course, it's about that. But it's also about living a life. Do not fear any more. On the darkening hills, God comes to us and reveals himself as a loving God. Through him and with him, we can fear less. We can grow in less fear. Some of us struggled with that more than others. And we go through seasons where we struggle with that, don't we? And fear is about not knowing the outcome of things, isn't it? It's about not feeling in control. It's about not having the difference between, I was thinking about this, what's the difference between excitement and fear? There's a lot of similarities. I think the difference is that fear believes the worst. You, don't, you go on a roller coaster and you are scared, but it's an excitement, right? Because you pay to go on it, all right? And most of us would, make, would pay to make our fear and worries go away. And, but f- the difference between the roller coaster is we believe we're going to make it through. We're going to get out the other side and go, oh, that was quite something, but I didn't die. And this is, but fear is like, this is quite something and I might die. I might go wrong. We think fear is on different levels, isn't it? It's, it's international. The, it's the globe. It's the nowadays, it, not just the economy. It used to be about economy and wars. Now it's also about the environment, isn't it? It's fear, big fear. There's also international fear, what's going on in other nations. And we have more access than ever before to information from other nations, which presses in on us and gives us more anxiety. Because whereas once we had anxiety about the local, we now have anxiety about the whole world. And that's quite a lot to take on board. That's why we need to be wise in how much information we allow ourselves, particularly bad news. But anyway, there's fear nationally, internationally. There's fear locally, fear familiarly and with our friends, with our families and fear for ourselves. There's fear on all sorts of levels. And God wants to teach us to have less fear. Fear ultimately is believing that God does not love us and is not in control at basic level. Sounds quite harsh and heavy, but that's what it means. God, you don't care for me. You don't know me. You are not with me. And you are not, or, or if you are, you're not powerful enough to deal with the situation. 
that's at basic level. And the angel, uh, the, the, the gift of God to us is to fear less because God is with you. God loves you. God has come. Fear less. Do you fear? We can never remove fear entirely because fear is a gift that drives us to prayer. Fear is a gift that drives us to wisdom, making good choices and good actions. But fear can also drive us to awful sense of being overwhelmed with life. And that's a really negative fear that God wants you to come out of. Cast off fear. This is the gift to you this, this morning from God. Fear less. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear. I am with you. So fear, that's the first Less fear is the first gift to you this Christmas. Good news, secondly. Good news that will bring great joy for all the people. The angels declare, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. So we see that the good news is very much linked to the less fear, isn't it? Good news. Bring you good news that will cause great joy. So we see the, the antithesis, the opposite of the fear, is great joy for all the people. So through the good news, we can have great joy. It's not just stop fearing. He doesn't say, don't be afraid. Okay, I'll not be afraid. No, he says, fill the void with remembrance of the good news. And what is the good news? On the darkening hills, Jesus has come. He has died on the cross on that hill for us so that our sins can be removed and we can know God as Father, Redeemer, Savior. He can be in our, we, 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 he's in our lives. This is the good news that brings great joy. However, this good news is nullified if we elevate bad news above it. If we choose to believe the bad news over the good news, we will not be opening the gift that God wants for you. And you won't be enjoying it. And this is the thing about reflection, isn't it? Will we ponder and treasure the good news? Or will we ponder and treasure the bad news only? Because bad news is easy, is easy, it's easy isn't it? You just... Just go on Twitter, X. Go on, uh, go go on to your news streaming services, you know. And and it's good to keep up with things. I appreciate that, but it is a lot of it. It's a lot of it indeed, isn't there? So we mustn't elevate the bad news. Do we choose to elevate our fears over God's faithfulness? Do we believe our failure over His? forgiveness? Do we lay in our dark feelings rather than rest in his love? Joy, because of the good news, is the gift that God wants to give you in your life. So,
Uh, Secondly, good news of great joy. That's another gift. Thirdly, assurance of salvation. They, they, They announce, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. This is linked to the first point. Good news, the Savior. Luke repeats these things, so I'm going to repeat these things. Good news. Good news, the Savior. And these things need to be repeated to us. He is the Savior. He has come. He's died on that cross for you. For me, while we were outside on those darkening hills. Yes, we have messed up and sinned, but the Savior has come. He's come to die, to reconcile us to God. And ultimately, and this is where the great joy is going to be mostly experienced, is when he comes again to restore all things. Let's remember the Savior's work wasn't just on the cross and resurrection. The Savior's work is in the resurrection of all things at the end of history. And that's where this will be fully realized. But we are to experience something of this joy right now. We have resurrection life in us now. We have the Holy Spirit living in us right now. We have the presence of God with us right now. We will have it fully in the future. But right now, we're to have these gifts. Assurance of salvation. The Savior has come. Are we certain that we are loved and saved by God because of Jesus? Let me read you a couple of Bible verses. Titus 3, 5. But when... The kindness, this is such a great Christmas text, isn't it? When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. Those words, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done. Do you think you're going to go to heaven because you're righteous? And you're good? Do you think that's why you're saved? Sorry, friends, you're a million miles away. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. You're saved by grace because Jesus has died for you. Luke repeats it, I repeat it. Let me give you another verse. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's why Paul is celebrating. Is he? Paul is thanking God for that, that Philippian church because he knows that God has begun a good work and he will bring it on to completion. Do you know this? The Savior has come. Do you know the joy of the Savior has come? He's come to the darkening hills. He has lit it up with his glory and promise. If we have ears to hear. Finally, peace and favor. We talked about this at the carol service. Suddenly a great company of hosts of angels appeared, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, a peace on earth and on whom his favor rests. Peace and favor to you. 
peace and favor to you if you will receive this gift. This is something not just to remember, but to experience. This is the gift of Christmas, isn't it? Band's going to come up. We're going to carry on worshiping. We'll finish it about half eleven. Are we distant from God and feeling condemned? Jesus gives us peace with God. Peace with God. Jesus on the stormy lake and his disciples says, help, we're going to die. He says, peace. And the waters are stilled. And they said, wow, what kind of man is this? Well, let me tell you, he's the, he's the man who stills the waters of our condemnation as he takes it on himself on the cross. It is stilled. What kind of man is this? He's God and man and saviour. He gives us peace and favour. And he gives us peace in our lives. If we will listen to his wisdom... Light it up.